Okay. Uh, well, let's look this morning at um, uh, I can have uh, financial miracles. And so um, uh, watch this closely here. We're going to start here in Luke chapter uh, Luke chapter 15. Now, in Luke 15, that's that famous story where uh, you've got the prodigal son. And, uh, but um, Jesus is actually talking about, and I want to get up to this, uh, uh, about um, the kingdom of God here. So here we are in uh, Luke chapter 15. Uh, look down here. Let's start here at verse, well, I skipped a little bit, but I'll get, hang on, at verse 8. Um, either what woman having ten pieces of silver? Now, before we get into this, you've got to recognize that God will bless you financially. It's not like, well, God will take you to heaven, and then it's just horrible for us to be thinking about money. You have to have money down here. I mean, our whole society, I mean, the mailbox is full of bills. They come in, and, and you've got to deal with them. And, and just to say, well, I'm a Christian, and uh, God won't help me with those bills, Sometimes we might think that's piety and or that's uh, humility that uh, I just serve God and don't ask the Lord to help me financially. No, you're actually being very dumb when you do that because watch this. Jesus is going to describe the kingdom of God related to money issues here. Watch this. Verse 8. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver. Notice he says what woman, so he's indicating all women everywhere. If she lose one piece, Doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. Now, I want to go to the Living Bible, get this over into uh, uh, some language that we're used to. Uh, here we are. Okay, uh, let's see. Or take another illustration. A woman has ten valuable silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and look in every corner of the house and sweep every nook and cranny until she finds it? Well, I remember... Being taught that uh, bad things that happened to you, uh, the Lord was behind it. And I remember as a as a young teenager, I just kind of thought the whole time when when I would lose something, it was it was kind of like God's will that I probably shouldn't find it, uh, most likely because I didn't find it, whatever. But look at this story. This woman loses one of her ten uh, coins, and it says she lights a lamp and she looks in every nook and cranny till she finds it. Then won't she call in her friends and neighbors and rejoice with them? Uh, in the same way, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God when one sinner repents. Well, we know how serious it is to believe in Jesus Christ. Well, guess what? He described this on a financial level. Many times we have uh, money one day, and then the next day what happens? <laughs> Maybe because of a bill or whatever. Now we're like, we've lost it all because... The money that we needed was taken and put somewhere else, and it's uh, really quite like this story here. But if you'll notice, she looked everywhere, and all of a sudden when she got it, notice these little words here. It says, and when she finds it, then won't she call in her friends and neighbors to rejoice with her. Now, why was she rejoicing? Because financial help got there. Sometimes we think we're supposed to rejoice that we're saved, that we're going to heaven, but let's don't get too excited about financial things. No! Jesus described this is the same kind of joy when one of us believes in Jesus Christ. And he says, in the same way, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God when one sinner repents. You know, if we kept going, uh, uh, the prodigal son is next. There was a man who had two sons. And you remember what happened. Uh, the one son uh, took his inheritance, and, of course, he went and spent it all and wound up being broke. 
But anyway, look what happened when uh, he comes back home. Uh, verse 22, and his father said to the slaves, quick, bring the finest robe in the house, put it on him, and a jeweled ring for his finger and shoes, and kill the fatted calf, uh, excuse me, and kill the calf that we have in the fattening pen. We must celebrate with a feast. Wow. And uh, he says, for this my son was dead uh, and has returned to life. He was lost and is found. So the party began again. This is financial uh, responses here that, uh, I mean, you can see that the blessing of God is being described in a way as when uh, a son comes back home. And if you read verse 25, meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working and he returned home and he heard dance music coming from the house. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, God will take care of you. He really will. Uh, I wasn't even going to use that passage. I just... I just happened to think, oh, that's right there beside it. Let's go back over to, I mean, let's go to Matthew this time. Matthew chapter 25. Because the Lord will give you financial miracles if you will just but believe. I mean, on any level. I mean, I've had money and you, you ever lose stuff in the couch? You know, you know, I know I had some change or whatever. Or you had some dollar bills or whatever and all of a sudden it's not there. Well, you've got scripture that says this woman uh, searched her whole house because she found it. Okay, anyway, uh, uh, here we are, Matthew chapter 25, and let's go down here to a very familiar story. Here it is right here. Uh, let me switch to the King James to get it started so you'll recall, you know, <clears throat> what, some words that we've heard several times. Uh, remember the parable of the talents? Oh, yes. Well, guess what? Talents is nothing but money. We're going to switch to the Living Bible, and you'll see that. But, you know, we hear the story... <clears throat> For the kingdom of heaven, <clears throat> now remember that means we're talking about God here. The kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And to one of them he gave five talents. Well, you know this story real well, but I'm going to switch over to the Living Bible. <clears throat> remember, you've got to remember Jesus would not compare the kingdom of God to money and the ability to make more money uh, with your walk with Christ if it didn't mean this. In other words, like, well, uh, don't get too excited here that God wants you to prosper. Yes, you need to get very excited. I mean, if we just think about the basics, when we get to heaven, is it going to be a wonderful place or is it going to be a dump? It's going to be a wonderful place. You'll find out that Jesus <clears throat> is the only one, uh, I mean, talking about his experience, he was born in a, in a manger. I mean, that's pretty lowly, out there with the cows. But he didn't stay there, you know. And that was because of the fall of man when God was able to get himself down here <clears throat> to save mankind. The Bible tells us also that he was made poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. But if God loves poverty so much and he doesn't want you to be blessed, then our ultimate goal to be in heaven would not be glorious. I'm telling you what, it's going to be glorious. And it's a whole lot better than not having anything. So anyway, we've got to strike that from our thinking that God just somehow is against money. That's ridiculous. He says, here we are in the, um, in the Living Bible, verse 14, Matthew chapter 25. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated, okay, that makes sense, of a man going into another country who called together his servants and loaned them, uh-oh, money. This is the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated. He said to invest for him while he was gone. He gave 5,000 to one, 2,000 to another, uh, 
to last, dividing it proportional to their abilities, and he left on his trip. The man who received 5000 began immediately to buy and sell with it and soon earned another 5000 Well, I would say foul already because, you know, sometimes God wants you to be broke. Well, that's not what Jesus believes. And we all know about what it means to say, well, that guy Jewed me down. Or the Jews are rich. It's, a, it's just a tradition which is true. I mean, the world has tried to erase the Jewish nation from the planet because even the very richest of all people, the Bible records, is Solomon. And, of course, he was a Jew. And where did he get that money from? God gave it to him. If you remember the story, Solomon didn't know what he could do to be able to be such a great king as his dad. His dad was David. And so King Solomon, he went into the temple and prayed, and he, he said, God, you've got to give me wisdom to be able to lead this nation of Israel. And God said, when he spoke to him, he said, you know what, Solomon, you read this for yourself in um, <clears throat> the book of Kings there. Really, God said, you know, Solomon, you've asked for wisdom to be a king, and I'm going to give you wisdom. But he said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you the thing you didn't ask for, which was long life and riches. Isn't that something? God said, I'm going to give this to you. Those, all three of those things belong to you. Wisdom, long life, and riches. God will get all those to you just as well. But i tell you what, it's our job to believe God. Believing that God will not help you is going to hinder you. So anyway, uh, look at verse 17 here. The man with the 2,000 went right to work too, and he earned another 2,000. But the man who received the 1,000 dug a hole in the ground and hid the money for safekeeping. After a long time, their master returned from his trip, and you know what happened. I mean, he, was, he said, well done, thy good and faithful servant, to the one with the 5,000 and to the one with the 2,000. And the one that had the 1,000 that thought, you know, hey, I'll just bury this in the ground. Well, the King James called him a wicked servant. Wow. Let's just read that last little part here. Then the man with the 1,000 came and said, sir, I knew you were a hard man. I was afraid you would rob me of what I earned. What? How? I mean, it's ridiculous the things we think about God, especially when it comes down to money. We think God will not help us. He said, I was afraid you would rob me of what I earned, so I hid your money in the earth. And here it is. But his master replied, wicked man, lazy slave, since I knew, uh, since you knew I would demand your profit, should you not at least have taken my money to the bank so that I could have some interest? And he said, take the money. Oh, take the money, uh, I skipped, excuse me, went a little too far, yeah. Take the money from this man and give it to the man with the 10,000. Wow. Now think about the man with the 10,000. He's just minding his business now. Guess what? He's got another thousand. Praise the Lord. I'll tell you what, I'm just not going to be like this lazy, wicked slave. And I'm not going to believe that God doesn't want to bless me. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it, and I don't believe you will either. Let's go to the 17th chapter here. Matthew chapter 17. And uh, let's go to hear a little story here. Uh, oh, oh, before we go there, I want to go to uh, Matthew chapter 6. And in Matthew chapter 6, we've already seen the woman with the ten coins, and she lost one. And then we saw the kingdom of heaven is likened to these people that had the talents. Okay. And I want to bring you to a scripture right over here because uh, in Matthew chapter 6, because uh, many times we think that, ah, I still don't know. God wants me to be blessed after all. Well, no. He does want you to be blessed. So, uh, there it is right there. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. He says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, 
or else he will hold to one and despise the other. So in other words, this is the dilemma that you find yourself in if you're serving two masters. And then he goes on to say, you cannot serve God and mammon. What is mammon? I do not even use that word anywhere in my life. I just don't, other than I know this scripture. So let's read this in a living Bible, and let's see if we can figure out what this is. You cannot serve uh, two masters, God and money. So mammon, at least it starts with an M, we now know, is money. You cannot serve two masters, God and money. But how many times have we thought that God will not help us with our money? And so we don't even want to ask God for help with our money because he wants us to be broke. Well, that's gonna, you're really going to struggle because the light bill has to be paid. Your car payment has to be made. Your kids have got to go to school. They've got needs. They've got this. They've got that. And you've got things you want to do. And you'll begin to say, you know, I guess I can do without uh, something I really like. I just, But you're going to be aggravated about it because you've been taught that God will not help you financially. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Verse 24. You cannot serve two masters, God and money. For you will hate the one and love the other. I mean, you can be so holy and say, I do not need any money. I just love God and money is dirty. Whatever. You know, and you can just hate money. And then start hating people that are doing well around you is what's going to happen. Because, see, you're trying to serve both. Or you can turn it around and say, you know, gosh, I... I, I, I I need money to survive, but I don't understand why God's not helping me here. God will help you. He wants to bless you so much. If you would read your Bible, you would find out that God wants you so blessed financially. And you'd quit the struggle. But because of lack of teaching that God wants to bless you financially, you'll begin to think, you know, well, I guess I'm the worst sinner of all because I am a CEO of a business. And I only went to church so many times last year, so God must really hate CEOs. He must really hate me. That's ridiculous. He loves you. He really does. How many times have we seen that wonderful picture of the man? He could be an attorney or he could be a CEO. If somebody made this picture, it's just a drawing, but it's real pretty. You'll see it, and uh, I'm sure you've seen it. But uh, there's a businessman there, and then in walks Jesus, and he's seated with him in that office. It's a beautiful picture. I mean, you might as well get rid of that picture of Jesus today being in your CEO, president of the company's office, if you don't think that Jesus wants to help you. But see, notice he said you can't serve God and money. <clears throat> You'll either hate the one and love the other or else the other way around. <clears throat> so <clears throat> he goes down and he's describing what to do. And what he says do is don't worry. But see, I want to interject here that if God was saying here that, uh, <clears throat> you know, that just think about God only and, and, and to think about money is, uh, is, a, is a sin or whatever, and uh, uh, in other words, we're just supposed to just let the chips fall as they want to fall. Well, then, what was the story about the woman with the ten uh, with the ten coins, and the story about the talent? I'm telling you what, God will take care of you. Let me go back down here in Matthew chapter six, and right before we get to the end of this chapter, I want to show you something, because he's saying the lilies of the field. Remember that. And then he says Solomon and all his glory was not clothed as, as beautiful as they. Verse 30 says, and if God cares so wonderfully for the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he uh, <clears throat> the more surely care for you, O men of little faith? Now, what you need to understand is Solomon was really clothed well, wasn't he? So was God saying he will clothe you like Solomon, or was he saying he'd clothe you like the lilies? Well, or the flowers. He said like the flowers, and he said the flowers were better dressed than Solomon. And he said, and they were only there for a day. Let me tell you, God 
will take care of you, even if it looks like it's just for a fleeting moment. Anyway, verse 31 says, so don't worry at all about having enough food or clothing. Why be like the heathen? For they take pride uh, in all these things and are deeply concerned about them. But your heavenly Father knows perfectly well you have need of them. <clears throat> now verse 33 says, and he will give them to you if you will give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. King James says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. I tell you, the Lord will bless you financially if you will just look to him. He really will. Matthew chapter 17 here. Oh, let me go over to the, uh, oh, the King James just a moment. And uh, Matthew chapter 17, another great story here about finances. Oh, let's see. Let me get into it. Yeah, here we are. Oh, when they were come to Capernaum, they that received the tribute money came to see Peter. Okay, let's see what that is. Let's go to the Living Bible. Okay. Uh, on their arrival in Capernaum, the temple tax collectors came to Peter and, and asked him, does your master pay taxes? So in other words, this is a financial uh, situation here. Obviously, it costs money to uh, <clears throat> be certain places. Oh, uh, he's referencing actually uh, at the temple here. Verse 25, of course he does, Peter replied. Well, I mean, I don't think Peter would be lying here. I think Peter knew that no matter what, Jesus was paying the way. Then he went into the house to talk to Jesus about it. But before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, What do you think, Peter? Do kings levy assessments against their own people or against conquered foreigners? Well, <clears throat> verse 26 says against foreigners. Peter, uh, whoops, excuse me, uh, Peter replied, well, then Jesus said the citizens are free. Now, you've got to understand these words because he's fixing to uh, tell us that you and I are citizens. The King James actually says the children are free. But nonetheless, <clears throat> are we the foreigners here or are we citizens? Well, he's talking about you and I being citizens. Verse 27, however, <clears throat> we don't want to offend them. So go down to the shore, throw in a line, and open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you will find a coin. And <clears throat> to cover the taxes for both of us, Take it and pay them. Wow, what a story. And this was not make-believe. This actually happened, praise the Lord. Oh, so do I think this story to try to convince me that uh, Jesus really is my Savior? Well, I already found out he is my Savior. Peter already believed in, uh, in Jesus. The 16th chapter of Matthew, you find Peter saying, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood is not revealed as unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. So Peter already knew who Jesus was. So what was the situation here? There was a financial problem, and Jesus solved it. And he'll solve all your financial problems, too. He really will. This takes a little bit of faith, that's all. You've got to trust him. You've got to make sure you're not believing every day that God doesn't want to help you. Because he's already described, you can't serve God and mammon. So you've got to say, okay, God, you've got to help me today with my finances. You can't say, you know, well, I'll handle the finances, Lord, and you handle taking me to heaven. No, that's going to get you confused. Let the Lord bless you. I, uh, you know, Phil already had a praise report this morning. He was ready to get rid of his car. He thought something was wrong with his car. He got into looking at it, and all of a sudden he found the problem. That's things that happen to me all the time. I think something's broken. All of a sudden you get in there and you find out, praise God, I fixed it. And these are major issues or even small issues, but we're just like the Jews. It's amazing. You can't, you can't lose for winning. 
We keep winning all the time. <clears throat> and I say it's got everything to do with you trusting in the Lord. Otherwise, the Bible shouldn't be saying trust the Lord because it just happens anyway. No, it doesn't happen anyway. You have to trust the Lord. Let's go over here to Psalm 118. Psalm 118, uh, let me get this in the King James to start with because there's some wonderful things in here to kind of tell us uh, where we are. The first verse is good. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he's good. His mercy endures forever. We have heard that phrase. His mercy endures forever. He goes on and says, let Israel say his mercy endures forever. Okay, so now it's not just one person, the whole nation. And then notice this verse 3. Let the house of Aaron now say his mercy endures forever. Okay, that was the priest, the Levites. Well, then now he's saying, everybody, let them now that fear the Lord say his mercy endures forever. So in other words, this is everyone everywhere. Anyway, I can't help but mention verse 5. Look at this. I, was in, I, I, I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. Verse 6, we've heard a million times. The Lord's on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Well, let me go back to verse 5. I called upon the Lord in distress. Suppose you had financial trouble. Well, if you are serving God only instead of God and money. In other words, worried that I'll worry about the money, Lord. I'll worry about that because I, I think you're trying to teach me some hard lessons where my money is concerned. But, Lord, you take me to heaven. That's all I, 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 I mean, I trust, I know you can do that, and I'll try not to get too mogged down, bogged down here in my money issues. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Let the Lord help you financially. He really will. So anyway, he said, I called upon the Lord. The Lord answered me, <clears throat> set me in a large place. Man, I tell you, there's some scriptures we've got to take out of the Bible because it's making me believe that God will do it all the time. Well, saints, that's the whole design. God will do it all the time. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Let me skip on down here and look down here at something else that's fantastic. This is where we're going. Uh, oh, before we, I saw this before we get any further. Uh, when he says, the Lord's on my side and all this, he says, uh, verse 8, it's better to trust in the Lord. So that's what we're doing. We're trusting in the Lord. Now, let's skip on down here to, uh, look at verse 22. It says, the stone which the builders refused has become the, head, the headstone of the corner. We've heard this before. You know, it's um, uh, the cornerstone. That's where this verse comes from. Uh, let me show you one more thing. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is, where is it at? It's right here. Uh, yeah, verse 24. How many have ever heard this? This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is out of this psalm. Now look what happens here as we go. Well, there it is. It's right in front of us. Look at verse 25. Save now. See, we've got to learn to believe that the word save doesn't just mean go to heaven. We are going to heaven. Hallelujah. He says, save when now. I beseech thee, O Lord. I beseech thee. It means I urge you, Lord. Look at this words right here. Send now prosperity. Oh, no. Oh, no. We, we, I don't know if I'm going to be able to win people to Jesus if, uh, if I try to tell them that the Lord will bless me financially. Isn't that dangerous? No, that's important. That's one of our calling cards. It's like healing. It says, Richard, how come you feel so good? Well, I trust the Lord to take care of me. If i got an ache or pain or whatever, the Lord will help me. You know. Well, what about a financial problem? I ask the Lord to help me, and he helps me. I mean, we have such great methods to win people, get their attention. Don't ever think you don't have a way to reach somebody. You do. You really do. Just go tell them what great things the Lord's done for you. Let me switch over here to the uh, to the King. I mean, to the Living Bible here. 
That was verse 25, wasn't it? Okay, so let's go down here to verse 25. Uh, let's see. Let's read this out of that. Uh, the, the stone rejected by the builders, verse 22, has now become the capstone of the arch. I mean, this is kind of like if you want financial miracles in your life, trust the Lord. Isn't that right? Verse 23, this is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous to see. This is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, I can be glad in it today knowing that God wants to bless me financially. See, remember the speckled sheep and the other kind of, uh, and the spotted sheep and the cows and whatever that Jacob, you know, it was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob, he couldn't run from these miracles. These miracles were following him everywhere. And those same miracles belong to you and I. Anyway, look at verse 25. Oh, Lord, please help us. Save us. And look at that. Give us success. Now, this is not spiritual success. I have spiritual success because I will go to heaven and not hell. We already have that. And if you read all of Psalm 118, there's not one ounce of thinking about going to heaven in it. It's all talking about what I like to think about is the rotten here and now, the problems we're faced with. Oh, it's just, the problems can just, they can just chew you up and spit you out. But when you find out the Lord will help you, I mean, there is nothing that is ever going to stop you. Let's go to Psalm, uh, Psalm 1 here. And in Psalm 1 here, oh, let's switch back to the King James just a moment. Oh, he says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight's in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Now, quit thinking that, man, I, I, I'm really falling off you know, my chair concerning reading the Bible. No, you haven't. You're, either, you're here this morning listening to me, praise the Lord. You're doing this. And besides that, when you walk out of here, you're thinking about it. You're thinking about, you know, that scripture said that God would bless me financially. Hmm. The talents, the woman that lost one of those coins. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like finding it. So God wants to bless me financially. So you're, you're, you're this person right here. It's not some monk somewhere who doesn't do anything but stay in his room and read the Bible. No. Uh, uh, mm. His delight's in the law of the Lord, and in it does he meditate day and night. Verse 3, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Praise the Lord. Look at that word prosper. Isn't that something? Let's read this out of the Living Bible just a moment. Verse 3. They are like trees along the riverbank, bearing luscious fruit each season without fail. Their leaves shall never wither, and all they do shall prosper. Uh, who is he talking about here? One in five? Mm -mm. Unless it's one in five that trusts the Lord. I'm telling you what. It's all of us because we trust the Lord. Praise God. You know, God will just, he, he'll help you financially. He will. He will. Let's go to Psalm, uh, uh, Psalm 34, just a moment. Oh, I'm there. It, it went so fast I didn't know it. Uh, in Psalm 34, let me go to King James and we'll come right back. Um, David said, I bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord together with me. Oh, I guess David just, he just got off on a religious kick here. He just wanted to, 
have a hoot nanny about how great God is. Well, he's going to describe how great God is. This is why I think we miss it sometimes. And that's the reason some of us have not just blurted out hallelujah at times. Because we didn't realize God would help us financially. I mean, God knows how to get our attention. I mean, he does. The Bible tells us it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Praise the Lord. Watch this. Look at verse 4. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. Look at this financial verse right here. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Now, remember, he was king. Don't you reckon he had a budget? Wow, budget planning. Oh, man. But I tell you what, God took care of David and his staff and all of that Israel nation. He did. Let's go to the King James just a moment. Uh, well, actually, before, we, I mean, we're in the King James. Uh, skip down to verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts him. Now, I wonder what he means by tasting. What can we taste? Look at verse 9. Fear the Lord, ye his saints, that's us. There is no want for them that fear him. And that's what the 23rd Psalm said. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's not that my wanter has been turned off. I have everything I want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Even in terrible times, he says, when you know I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not even afraid because you are there to take care of lions and bears and all this kind of stuff. And then he caps it all off and, and says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. In other words, there's abundance. And then he says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I mean, where is the worries that is supposed to be in my life concerning finances? Well, they're not there. They're not there. We make them up if we want to. Or we don't pray for certain things when we should. But God didn't put us in that situation. Anyway, back to Psalm 34 here. Oh, taste and see. Taste what? Verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, ye saints. There's no want to them that fear him. That's financial. Uh, then he describes it with a bunch of lines. Verse 10. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Praise the Lord. Let me read this to you in the, in the Living Bible just a moment. Get it down into some Alabama language here for us. Uh, this poor man cried to the Lord, verse 6. The Lord heard him, saved him out of all his troubles. Verse 7. The angel of the Lord guards and rescues all who reverence him. Notice it's not occasionally he'll rescue. He wants you to do a little work on your own. No, God will rescue you all the time. Verse 8. Oh, put God to the test and see how kind he is. See for yourself the way his mercies shower down on all those who trust him. If you belong to the Lord, reference him, for everyone who does this will have everything he needs. Even strong lions, verse 10, let me scroll down, uh, sometimes go uh, hungry. But those who reverence the Lord will never lack any good thing. I'm reminded of a scripture. David said, I've been young and I've been old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. Well, I know all of us in here. Not, nobody in here has ever said, Richard, I'm running a little long. I need a little help financially. You know, we just, God just takes care of us. He does. Praise the Lord. Uh, let's go back to uh, one more passage and we'll stop right here. Oh, uh, This time let's go to 2 Corinthians. 
in chapter 8, and let me go to the King James just a moment. Um, look at this. Um, um, this is Second uh, Corinthians chapter 8, and I'm telling you, he's, <laughs> he's basically describing all of the kingdom of God here, and he's going to use a financial term. And the interesting thing, and I actually financial illustration, and the interesting thing here is in the 8th chapter of 2 Corinthians and in the ninth chapter of 2 Corinthians, he's talking about an offering that the church was putting together to go help some financially stricken people that had famine in Jerusalem. So here's the way he describes it. Verse 9. For you know the grace. Now the word grace actually, it just means gift. You certainly didn't own it. No. You know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was what? He was rich, and he will never deny that. See, Jesus Christ is God. And God is our God. And we've got to realize he is rich. And he's there to help those who don't have any money, if they will but trust him. But you can't go around blaming God and say, well, I know God won't help me. Well, see, now you're like that wicked slave. You're going to bury what God has given you, thinking that God is going to take it all away from you. He's not going to take it all away from you. You can't even blame that stuff in the story of Job. Job got it all back, and it didn't last, but nearly, it was only about six months to 18 months long. <clears throat> Anyway, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for whose sake? Your sake. There was a reason. He's talking about when Jesus came and he died for us. He became poor. Well, did he stay that way? What was his reason? What was he doing? Look at this. That you, through his poverty, uh, this is incredible, might be rich. That same rich is this one right here, too. He was rich. Jesus is not going to be poor again. He doesn't want you to be poor either. He's going to take care of you. I'm reminded of Philippians 4, verse 19. It says that my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Let's read this out of the Living Bible, and then we're going to stop. Living Bible. Notice this. Oh. You know how full of love and kindness our Lord Jesus was. Though he was so very rich, yet to help you, he became so very poor, so that by being poor, he could make you rich. It's the truth. It's the truth. All we need to do is just say, Lord, do I need to go cast a hook in the water? I don't care what it is, but I know you'll take care of me because I'm a citizen. I'm a child of God. I belong to you, and you'll help me this morning financially. You'll help me tonight. You'll help me tomorrow. He certainly will. Father, we want to thank you for your word today. We thank you that by your stripes we're healed. You'll take care of us if our bodies are hurting. Yes, you will. That's what you said. You forgive all our iniquities, heal all our diseases. You'll take sickness out of the midst of us. Jesus healed them all. Oh, thank you, Lord. So we know we'll be taken care of there. We also know we'll be taken care of financially like we looked at this morning. It'll work out. Praise the Lord. You'll provide for us. Glory to God. And Lord, if there are any giants out there in the land trying to destroy us, trying to stop us like Goliath was against David, Lord, we just thank you that we give you all the praise and the glory because we're going to call upon you. You're worthy to be praised. So shall it we be saved from our enemies. And Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to go tell others 
but how great you are. Marvelous works you're doing in our lives. For it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Well, amen and amen.